All right, let's see now. All right. Are we, are we like recording now? Now we're recording. And all that other stuff we talked about, lost forever. Yeah, gone for It's it's probably just as well. <laughs> well I mean, yeah, so, although although your, the, 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 your paranoia that you've somewhat infected me with over the past 17 years, um, it has makes me think that it's not lost, but we may never have access to it. But some well, do. Yeah. The, the, it's probably okay in that, you know, there's so many grand juries and, and indictments floating around these days. <laughs> we, 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 wanna, we wouldn't want to be caught up in any of that. All right. All right. We don't go there. We don't go there. Uh, uh, this is a weird story. So I was just asking you, unfortunately, I hadn't pressed record. I was asking you to look it up on NTSB. So um, this is a United States. This is a story from just back before Air Venture. Um, Let me look it up on a size. We keep talking. Um, AvWeb reports that um, this is a story dateline July 17th. Uh, United 767 loses emergency slide in flight. Now, I, I'm just thinking, you know, that's like not a, I don't know what, that's, that's, a, that's, a de- that's, that's a deal. That's a thing, right? Yeah, that, that really sucks. I, well, yeah. And so the story says United, uh, United Airlines Boeing 767 lost an emergency evacu- evacuation slide shortly before landing at Chicago O'Hare International Airport. Okay. Then it goes on to say, and this is the story. This is uh, Kate O'Connor writing for AvWeb. Um, and I don't mean to give Kate a hard time, but this is a weird story. No problems were experienced in flight, and the missing equipment was discovered by a maintenance crew after the aircraft landed. The slide itself was found in a neighborhood approximately four miles east of ORD when Chicago police were called to the site. So the, so that paragraph to me reads that a major piece of the airplane fell off and no one on the airplane noticed. Yeah. Does kind of how can that possibly be? So where are their slides on a 767? I, you probably don't know, but, but you and I are both somewhat knowledgeable. They're in the doors, right? Aren't they built into the doors? <clears throat> Depends on which which slide we're talking about. Um, how could you lose it? I mean, my, the point of my question here is how could you lose a slide without a door opening? Right. Um, yeah. There's got, there's got to be some slide or portion of a slide that's built into part of the fuselage and has external uh, exposure. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like under a main door or something like that, but you're right. I mean, all, all the, all the big doors, entrance doors I'm familiar with, on a trans on a seven six, um, the, the the housing is inside. That's uh, in the interior side of the door. Yeah, that's been my assumption too. If you if you're familiar with these doors, there's a big bump on the bottom half of the door, and yeah. I always assumed that that was the slide, um, but maybe not. Uh, someone out there in, in in the among the wayward aviators, someone out there will uh, be familiar with the seven sixty seven. Please please send us an email and explain to us. If you know, I mean, that's why I asked you to look the NTSB thing up because I thought it might tell us which particular slide got you know escaped, um, but we can't find an entry, so we're yeah. we're still in the dark here. But so this gets even more interesting. So in preparing for this episode, I went and did a. So I wanted to see if there was another story about this incident. All right, and in the process of searching for another story, maybe a follow-up story about this incident, I found a completely different story, which is 
uh, from our favorite aviation website, Mashable. Uh, Mashable. <laughs> Not, it's not really. Um, so mass, Mashable is, I don't know what Mashable is. I'm familiar with it, but it's basically a, you know, one of your basic, uh, uh, you know, n- n- internet content site. Um, this is a story from March. Th- oh, wait, this is, goes back to 2016. I thought this was like this year. So this is a long time ago. March, March of 2016. Warning, Boeing 767 slides may deploy spontaneously and land in your front yard. Subhead is this is not an April Fool's Day joke. The story, just, the story goes on to say an emergency slide deployed from an airplane while it was in the air and landed in a front yard in Mesa, Arizona. No injuries reported. Only damage was to a tree. I'm sorry. I just read that line for the first time. Made me laugh. Um, Interesting. This oh, one, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I don't know. So this one, a loud uh, person on the ground, homeowner Andrea Self, told a TV station that there was a loud bang, and then the house actually shook. Uh, she said it smelled like sulfur burning. A neighbor called 911. Um, I thought this story also talked about, yeah, so this story talks about the, a crew member in the cockpit getting a message saying the slide had deployed, which the story from a few weeks ago doesn't allude to, which maybe happened, but this is weird. I don't quite understand how. But so, and then finally, there's a reference here in this uh, 2016, what did I say? 2016 story that this is a somewhat known thing. Uh, in December of last year, the story says uh, the FAA proposed a fix to the more than 300 Boeing's, Boeing 767s after, quote, multiple reports of uncommanded escape slide inflations. Uh huh. So, there you go. It's huh. it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking on, you know. There's a super double secret um, FAA site. I'm looking on uh, um, accident incident data, um, and I'm looking back as far back as June one, and I don't see anything. Yeah. This, so. Well, and and as you said, maybe Sorry. before we pressed the button, um, there there is a threshold below which yeah. NTSB doesn't need to get involved or doesn't. But I mean, if if the if the but if a major lead of... flight attendant has too much gas, that gets written up somewhere. Yeah, I know okay. that's right. That's my point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You lose a lose a uh, passenger emer- uh, exit slide. Um, come on. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I don't know why it didn't get rid up, written up. Maybe we just are looking at, although you're good at this, so I'm, I'm confident that if it was there, you would have found it. Um, uh, maybe I give you too much credit, but well, I don't think so. You're good at this. You are literally a professional. Right? I think, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was um, talking this, to... This will come up at the next board meeting. I was talking to, I was talking to the spouse of one of our, uh, 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 the, one of the bad boys of uncontrolled airspace um and uh, she is a is supportive of his aviation habit but not actively involved but she did mention that she enjoys reading the ntsb report summaries that you put in your magazine ah she said that's okay. that was her that's her favorite part of the magazine was reading those little those little summaries that you you collect and I I admit I I like them too I, I look at them all the time I you know I I tend to scan for airplanes that I fly, um, which I guess maybe is the point you know you want to know what's kind of what, sorry, yeah, what yeah. potentially can go wrong with with an airplane that you fly but uh, but she was telling me that that's her favorite part of your magazine is to read those little synopses. Um, 
So, anyways, well, all right. Um, escape slides. Yeah, I, can't, I can't find anything from official sources on that. Escape Sorry. slides may escape, and uh, that's why they're called escape slides. I guess so. I guess that's so. Right. All right. Seriously, yeah. listeners who know something about seven sixty seven. I, I mean, I, I'm. I, I don't mean to sound sound. I don't know whatever, but I'm absolutely certain that there is a seven sixty seven crew member um, among our listeners. Please tell us how this might work. Um, you know, either hypothetically or if you have details about this incident or any of these incidents, that would be interesting. Send yeah. us email, please. All right. Well, uh, welcome, folks, I guess, to uh, Uncontrolled. I don't know. This is going to be one of those episodes, Jim. It's off to a course. Yeah, I know. Anyway. This is going to be. Thunder, I hear thunderstorms coming. You, this you got thunderstorms stuff. coming? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, I like it. Oh, God knows what will happen. Uh, my, your thunderstorms, my trains, this could be, we could have like a, what's the word for it these days on the net? Um, a, A, S-T-M. There's a there's a thing, right? Are you familiar with this? No, apparently I'm not. There's a thing uh, that um, people are into very very clearly detailed sound effects they like to hear the really nitty-gritty sounds of a thing happening all right i mean it's like uh now i'm gonna have to look it up hang on hang on hang on hang on internet sound effects uh what's it called it's called like a s t m a t that's a bad search didn't give me any interesting uh a ATS. Uh, yeah, okay, that's something else altogether. Anyways, there's such a thing, um, and uh, it's apparently there's a whole subculture of people who just love these very, very detailed, you know, kind of, you can really hear the details of it. And and, and so between between our train whistles and my train whistles and your thunderstorms, we could uh, yeah. be offering a new, a whole new kind of content here at Uncontrolled Airspace. Well, I'm thinking that if I lose power, uh, it's going to be one-sided. That will be a particular kind of sound effect. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm coming to you from, uh, uh, there's almost certainly going to be a train whistle before we're done uh, on the ba- along here, along the banks of the Cochico River uh, in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, and uh, it's just me and Jeb today. Uh, so I, I'll just jump into it and say I'm here with my good friend uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. It's just you and me today. It's just you and I. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So uh, for better or worse, that's it, folks. It's done. You can, you can, you know, press stop now and go on yeah. about your life, but we're going to talk for a while regardless. That's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's like what I, I think I told you once about um, uh, when United Airlines went decided that they wanted to go um, low frills and uh, started up a subsidiary called TED. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The joke at the time was, it still probably is, the joke is the time, at the time was, TED is nothing but United without you and I. <laughs> oh okay well there you go that's there's uh yeah i'll have to work on that that's yeah. there's something there yeah, there's something sure. there something uh, anyway anyway so uh it's two weeks after two weeks about two weeks after we've come back from air venture uh, i was gonna say good news only 50 weeks to lashka i know right uh, well 49 maybe yeah um i'm sorry i'm still i'm still uh, i'm still about this sound effects thing hang on people who like detailed sounds on internet 
you're going to get a lot of links. I to know I am. I know. Pornhub or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, maybe. You never know. Darn, what's this called? This is going to make me crazy. Um, uh, have you recovered from, from uh, Oshkosh? Are you, uh... Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I got out a magazine and, and, and uh, accomplished some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, last few days have been kind of slow around here, but uh, that's okay. Anything in particular that now that you've had a chance to kind of it's 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 aged that you uh, that you particularly were pleased to see or do or 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 you know I mean you're going to say the well people. just the whole experience was yeah. you know it's kind of a vacation for me yeah in a lot of different ways um, yeah I mean it's very different from the days when we worked like practically yeah. a full time yeah. job you know yeah. um, all week yeah, long and it's so it's a com- completely different vibe yeah. um, than when we were doing that yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm having said that, it's been such a such a long time. Well, it's been almost ten years now, coming up on it. That when I've done that since we've, we've worked, yeah, yeah, that we've done that job. So, you know, I'm kind of the contrast is not nearly as stark. Is it really that long ago? I guess it is almost, isn't it? It was like yeah. I think it was. This is 23. Was it 05? Was, like, was, was the last? It was 15. Yeah, correction. Like, 15 was when it blew yeah. up, and yeah. uh, and and we didn't do it that year. We didn't plan to not do it, but we ended up not doing it. Uh, anyways, well, that's, that's yeah. So uh, I think, you know, and this is going to be a variation on the answer that I hate when people give it to me, um, that, that it's about the people. Um, yeah. The mornings, the the mornings at Camp Bacon are so incredibly pleasant. I, you know, I, I made, you know, I had made all these plans going to Oshkosh this year, all these little projects I was going to do and we were going to do dailies and I was going to do some blogging, blogging and, and vlogging and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and, and it all involved like getting out first thing in the morning in order to start collecting content and then spending whatever. And every, almost every single day, we just settled into having such a nice time hanging out at Camp Bacon and uh, visiting with other mm-hmm. Camp Baconites. And is that what they call themselves? I wonder what they call themselves. Uh, Baconians. Uh, Bacon... The Baconians. Baconians. But yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I became, at least on our little corner of Camp Bacon, I became the resident barista. Um, and I made, So I was making coffee for people. And I was having a great time. I was, I was a blast. I enjoyed it. But I didn't. I didn't expect to be making coffee. As a result, I brought my little one cup coffee maker. Yes, that um, was, we're going to have to upgrade that. Yeah, we're definitely going to upgrade that. Although on the other hand, it was kind of fun because it made. I, I have always enjoyed making coffee for what I call the ceremony of it. You know, it's like yes. uh, um, you know, the, the, there's a whole step by step, and you do this, and you do that, and you get the filter, and you get measure the coffee, and you add the water, and you press the button. I, I mean, that maybe sounds silly to some people, but to me, it's a ceremony. All right, it's a pro- I enjoy that. All right. Um, so doing them one cup at a time is actually kind of that to the max almost, which would have been perfectly fine if it was just you and me. And that was my expectation is I was going to make coffee for you and me. Mm-hmm. But when we discovered that all of our, our neighbors at Camp Bacon, all our, our the neighboring Baconians, um, maybe. Liked coffee too. Who'd have yes. it? Yeah. They go, you have coffee. <laughs> it's like, you have coffee. And people would wander over looking a little, little, uh, little timid but with an empty mug in their hands. <laughs> Please, sir. <May> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and once we got all them topped off, you and I traipsed off to the to the general store and, and got a hot coffee from them. Yeah. You know. So, so but, but it was yeah, yeah, but yeah. the mornings, I mean, so anyway, we're kind of messing around here, but but truly 
you know, the mornings at Camp Bacon are such a pleasure. And I need to remember that next time so that I don't plan to go off and do things in the morning. Plan to hang out at Camp Bacon. And, you know, and there's certainly a lot of visiting and socializing that goes on in the evenings yeah. at Camp Bacon, too. But that's you sort of I expect, or at least I sort of expect it. Um, the morning thing... And it's been true every time I've done it. I don't know why I don't realize this, because it's been true every time I've hung out at Camp Bacon. The mornings are great. You hang out there and you drink your coffee and you and you chat. and, and God, Soon we forget. And But I'm going to make a note to myself so that I remember it next time. And that's that's that was so that was very pleasant. All our great friends, um, you know, old and new. And 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 as we mentioned, um, you know, people we've known, but we got to know better this time. And right. uh, yeah. That was right. that was fun. I enjoyed it, and uh, looking forward to it again. Um, certainly next next July, but even next April at uh, at uh, Sun at Sun and Fun. Yeah. So, anyways, that's. Uh, that's my thing. So, um, and we did get the numbers that as as we expected. That it was like like record breaking. Um, I've got the numbers here someplace. What were they here? Where did it go? I've, you know, I'm so many searches for weird uh, uh, sound effects things. I can't get to that. Yeah. Well, that's that was the one I was trying to fix before before we connected here. E A A Air Venture. Oop, Venture. 2023 numbers. Let's see if I can find this search. You're doing the Googling this. this, this, I, uh, this I'm trying what to. Is this episode, what is up? I don't know. I I mean, I, do you, I'd be happy to let you do it. You're usually. No, 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 Okay, all right, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Did I say something? I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? You did, yeah. Comments from EAA CEO and Chairman Jack Pelton. Quote, there was so much going on during the week that encompassed the entire world of light from the presence of the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, I want the numbers here. So now, um, 677,000 people in attendance. Um, they claim that the uh, previous total, previous record was 650,000. Um, they had uh, 10, over 10,000 aircraft, which I, that's kind of a generic number. They, you hear that number every day. It's like, I don't yeah, think they know. They <laughs> I, don't. They have number of movements. Uh, yeah, yeah. Divide by two, no, because some airplanes flew a lot more than just in and out. Yeah. Yeah, um, three thirty-three hundred uh, total show planes, thirteen thousand campsites, um, uh, for an estimated forty thousand campsite camp visitors, uh, fifty-five hundred volunteers um, volunteering um, for an ex excess of two hundred a quarter of a million volunteer hours. Yikes! I mean, it's no surprise. Yeah, it's, it yeah, takes it's a lot. Just, it's um, just and, and the place wouldn't exist without the volunteers. Yeah, it would not. It, it would, would not. not it could not. It could not. 850 exhibitors the numbers go on here um as we as we suspected it was a big year uh, at air venture and we knew uh, at the time it was a big year yeah so uh congratulations to everybody involved we enjoyed it thank you we should we'll, we'll do it again next year we'll do it again next year and you know what i we were just talking about how it's a vacation and, and we used to work hard at, at air venture and now we kind of just kick, kick back and enjoy it but i was starting to think this year that it's time for me to find a new gig uh, i don't know what it is exactly yet but uh a new gig at the show yeah like okay. like I, I need to find you know because you know so many people volunteer um and, and they wander off to do whatever they help wherever they're helping and uh, i think i'm ready to do that so we'll see what yeah. happens in the future so that's it anyways yeah cool oshkosh yeah. 2023 in the books so to speak so to speak in the log in the log book in the log book yeah right 
what else is going on here? There are a few things I wanted to talk about here. If I can just yeah. keep, I keep losing my place here. Um, Off-field landing of the week. All right. Dum dum dum. All right. So you know what? This may not even be. So this is an odd one, admittedly. Um, ingenuity, the helicopter on Mars. Right. All right. Now. And, and so I don't know whether it really, really qualifies as an off-field landing of the week since it's on Mars, all right? Um, um, but it may not actually qualify as an off-field landing. So uh, Ingenuity had an emergency landing. Um, this is the point of the story. Um, Ingenuity experienced an emergency landing. Um, it's, uh, you know, it flies autonomously based on inst- you know, advanced instructions that are given to it from the ground. And then it tries to carry out that mission, whether it's flying from one plot spot to another or just flying up to take a look around or whatever it's doing. Um, and it's always monitoring its, uh, its condition. And it has all kinds of uh, emergency procedures, literally, to, that it can do. And f- apparently for the first time or, or the most serious time yet, um, it experienced a, 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 I don't, I don't want to use too strong a word here, but a, a failure or an emergency while it was doing one of its little mission hops. Um, and as a result, it landed much more quickly than it had planned on. Okay. Um, so I, I was reading this. This is the first time I've read what, this. What does it say? Yeah. Okay. So um, made an emergency landing. After the flight, the helicopter's operators at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory determined that the premature landing came after images from Ingenuity's navigation camera did not match data from the vehicle's internal inertial measurement unit. In short, its onboard computer expected to see one thing, and it saw another. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody was up there moving the props around. <laughs> okay, moving, moving the backgrounds around, and got it out of whack, got it out of sequence, and and it's just a big, uh, it's just a big mistake. It's, yeah. it's proof that none of this ever, ever, ever really happened. <laughs> this is a soundstage in Santa Monica. Oh, see now, don't go there. I'm Come kidding. on, I'm I kidding. know you don't think that. Um, I, this actually makes me remember though there were there was another emergency landing. I don't know um, that one of the a lot uh, in. Jeez, Ingenuity's been flying. It's been like a year, two years. Well, well I remember talking about this. Like it seems like uh, ten yeah. years ago, almost on the podcast. I know, a long time ago. Um, there was another um, uh, failure like this where it, it did its little thing and, and landed safely. That involved the, the, the images getting out of sync with the time. Um, I remember this story now that I'm thinking about it. Huh. They uh, um, like as you alluded to in, in that the, the piece you just read. Um, it, it's constantly watching the surrounding terrain. And and making judgments about what it needs to do next, and apparently a glitch in the software resulted in the timestamp on the images being off by like one frame or two frames or something huh. like that. And as a result, it was seeing images that didn't match up with where Same it really yeah. was yeah. at that at that moment. And uh, and as a result, it uh, or the, or the Martians themselves were standing in a different formation. Yeah, right. Something like that. Um, the reason this may or may not actually qualify as an off-field landing of the week is because we've always I mean, an off-field landing has to be off-field, and we've often said that anybody who's able to come back to a runway doesn't necessarily qualify as an off-field landing. And my understanding on this particular incident, it went straight up. And then discovered the problem, and then just came straight back down. Um, and since I believe it's NASA's procedure to name every one of these spots where it has oh. officially landed as an as a as a airfield, they, they've all got names. As, at least in the early, maybe I did they, not know this. Maybe I, 
They, uh, I want to see a plot of this. Uh, early on, they were definitely doing this. Now, maybe they've just like, oh, run out of names. Why does, it for, why does it for Flight have this information? I yet? know. Um, but so, so if it took off and then came back to its, 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 its origin point, then that wasn't an off-field landing, according to our rules. Okay. That, that's, that makes perfect sense, and yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. So, anyways, we're goofing around here. Um, continue to be incredibly impressed by NASA's yes. ingenuity yes. team and, and what this, this aircraft is done way beyond its planned well, lifetime. The same article said that you know they thought success, success successful mission would be five flights. Yes, yeah, I mean, and uh, that would have been yeah. first first test flight was in April twenty one. So it's only been two years, two plus years. Only two years. Two. Only, only two years. Yeah, but it only. seems like it's been. It, it's it seems like this has been a feature. Yeah. Of some of the stuff we talk about and what's going on in the aerospace. Yeah. For. A long time. This is the new norm. Yeah. We're flying a helicopter on Mars. Yep. And we're using it for real, real, I mean, not simply, you know, yeah, it real started, started out being just test, you know, a, a test bed. Can you fly a helicopter on Mars? All right. Um, and now I'm sure there's still, they're still learning stuff like that, but now they use it as a spotting, you know, it's basically a, uh, what's the term for it? Uh, an advanced, uh, uh, um, the O2s used to do it, and the bird dogs used to do it. The, Observation? Yeah, right. Uh, advanced spotter. A spotter uh, uh, artillery spotter. Yeah, right. But, but no, it was a – yeah, right. And so basically that's what it's doing. They go up and, uh, and, uh, and scout out places where the land-based rover – The Martians move the rocks, man. Yeah. So that's I'm what happened. You. I'm telling Yeah, okay. I, I guess so, huh? So anyways, congratulations to NASA and the Ingenuity team. And there's a, there's a great um, – this is from the uh, website, Ars Technica um, – there's a great image here yeah. taken by um, the helicopter, the Ingenuity, um, aloft. It's, it, it's, I'll call it airborne, I guess. Um, but the, uh, the lander is off in the distance. Yeah, you can see Perseverance off there Yeah, yeah in the distance. Yeah. Those are cool shots. Apparently, it's not um, a priority for them to take pictures of each other. But they did catch one here, and it's pretty cool. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm seeing footprints man, next to that. I, I, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's like, you know, so the, the, the truth is out there. I see, see the drag marks. Yeah, the truth is out there. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of unsuccessful off-field landings of the week, I don't know. This is a bad, bad, bad uh, uh, segue. Uh, FAA reauthorization. What the heck is going on here? Is there a problem? Um, there's not a – it's too soon to tell. There, there are a lot of unresolved um, differences between the House and the Senate and even within the Senate. Uh, the House has passed a bill. It's pretty much dead on arrival. Um, um, the Senate version is, is caught up on a, one of the main things they're caught up on is uh, minimum time to ride shotgun on a 121 operation. Mm -hmm. And norm, the way the rules read now, you have to have an ATP, which means 1,500 hours to get an ATP. By shotgun, you mean first officer? First officer. Yeah, okay. Um, and there are some who want to change that, roll it back to ease the hiring, the airline pilot hiring crunch. Um, and some people think that's a really, really bad idea. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm waving my hand in the air as well. Yeah. Um, so there's that going on. Um, uh, there's, some, there's some other shenanigans on the House side that are probably going to have to come out. Let's see. So we got that going on. 
Uh, there's some consumer protection, Office of Consumer Protection being proposed, um, Senate bill mainly. Um, training time, minimum training time is, is, uh, is what I just talked about. Talking about increasing retirement age once again from 65 to 67, probably not going to go anywhere. Long distance flights from DCA, um, some, some shall we say, Midwestern congressmen want to uh, uh, have more direct flights to their districts. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's no, I, you know, it, it, yeah. Is what, it, okay. it is what it is. Um, um, and um, there's some uh, labor provisions. Um, um, so is it just the normal it. foolishness or is there something? Yeah, this is pretty much, this is pretty normal. There's always, you know, it's a, you're yeah. not going to get 535 people to, to agree on the details on everything that goes through, especially on something as uh, how shall I say, magnetic as the uh, FAA bill. Um, so that, you know that's kind of where things stand. Um, the punchline is this needs to be done by September 30. Now a couple of other things need to be done by September 30, not least of which is uh, a, a budget or at least a continuing resolution. And I for, for the whole government for, for the for the entire federal government. Yeah. Yes. And uh, again, September 30 is the end of the fiscal year. Uh, it's the way the uh, <clears throat> the existing, uh, in, in effect, FAA bill was written to expire on September 30. And so Congress is out um, until after Labor Day as, at this recording. Um, and what will happen next is anyone's guess. Ow. That's why people follow politics. Yeah, right. What would happen if... So suppose there is no FAA budget by that deadline. It's not, budget. It's not an FAA budget. It's it, reauthorization. Reauthorization. Yeah. Um, but but it includes a budget, right? And it, that part it has of it? authorizations in it yeah. for and spending so, up to right. cer- certain amounts. So if that didn't happen, and assuming there was no like continuing resolution in order to to, to kind of band-aid it or, or bridge it or whatever, what, what would happen? Would things like towers well, close or, uh, I mean? Well, no, they... Towers wouldn't close. They they declare an emergency and keep them open. And controllers might not get paid for a while. But what's what's really going to happen here is you know stick my neck out a little bit. But you're probably going to have a continuing resolution, and this will and some kind of of extension of the FAA's um, authorization will be folded into that. Probably something like you know November twenty. I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out. Um, uh, would be the would be a, a target date for something, uh, and it'll get done, but it it just won't get done by September thirty. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. There we go. Yeah. Well. Making the sausage. Making the sausage. Making the sausage. Um. So one the, one thing that got dropped here. Yeah. You, you put this on the list. Um. What's, what's I, I'm I'm kind of favorably disposed to this argument. Um, most airports. Oh yeah, go ahead. I, I yeah, do want to hear about this. Go yeah, ahead. M- most airports, um, especially larger ones, charge a fee if you just land, drop a passenger, pick up a passenger, and split. You don't want any services. You don't want any fuel. You're on the ramp for ten minutes, maybe. Um, a lot of larger airports, uh, when you taxi up to an FBO, you trip a service fee or a landing fee or some other kind of fee. Um, whereas you can't taxi to a specific gate or a specific uh, location on the airport uh, and pick up and and uh, disgorge a passenger 
um, and then take take off immediately and not all you're using is the pavement and you know that certainly has some value to it but uh, the FBOs are wanting money for their for use of the ramp space right now that's not all airports but it is uh, true at a lot of the larger FBOs at the larger airports mm-hmm and on one level, I can see that. I, I, I totally don't have any problem whatsoever with the FBOs charging for accessing their ramp okay, or even walking in and using the bathroom or something like that. Using, you know, a, a passenger using it as a waiting place while, you know, they're waiting on their Uber to pick them up or they're waiting on their flight to arrive. I totally understand it. I got no problem with that at all. Mm-hmm. But I should have the option of not using that FBO right. and taxiing up to a vacant gate <clears throat> or excuse me, or, or a fence, a specific painted uh, area on the ramp that I can use to, to uh, do whatever I need to do for five or 10 minutes and not have to pay a fee Yeah, no, I, or, or not have to pay anything to the FBO. Right. I'm, there might be a landing fee payable to the airport operator and I'm, I'm cool with that too. But if I'm not getting any services, from the FBO, other than use of their ramp, which I should be, you know, available for, without charge just for what I'm using it for. Uh, anyway, there was a anyway. I, yeah, but there I'm, was I'm, 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 they tried to put an amendment in the yeah, author, exactly. authorization to try, require try, this. Yes, yes. Tried to put an amendment in, but um, it, in the House bill, I guess this was, but it, it came out before before the bill even got to the floor. So right. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a tricky question because it's like, you know, well, I mean, one way to look at it is to try and draw parallels between the way that roads system works, you know, cars and whatnot. And, you know, and and there are toll roads. There are roads that are, you know, sufficiently valuable that you have to pay a toll to use them. On the other hand, there's a lot of free roads. Go ahead. I would would disagree with that. I, I think toll roads are an abomination. Well, maybe they are, but that's a very common thing, all right? And they're only getting, by the way, they're only getting more and more the, with the ability with with easy pay, easy pass and the ability to pay electronically. Just no, 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 no. just like for aviation uh, purposes, an aviation trust fund, we have a highway trust fund. Yeah. And taxes that we pay on the fuel we buy uh, okay. is used for road building, repair, yep. construction, right. etc. Yeah. And if there's not enough money there, increase the tax or spend it uh, uh, in some other, spend the monies differently. But we've got this mishmash now of bridges and highways and all this kind of, kind of crap um, that uh, we shouldn't have. We, it should all be you know, uh, paid for in, through the fuel tax or some other means like that. And I guess a toll is some other means, but a fuel tax is the best way anyway. Yeah. It, same same argument. Goes Although for fuel tax is getting a little tricky now, as electric cars are becoming more common, they're trying well, to figure that, out how to make whole, the, yeah. They're that's trying a to, whole different problem. Yeah, yeah. But they're trying to figure out what is the electric car equivalent of the fuel tax, mm-hmm. and they haven't quite figured this out yet. Yeah, Anyways, all right. So uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the state. Tire of things. tax would be one way. Yeah, uh, tire tax maybe. You know, uh, maybe that's not a half bad idea. Make but. Okay. Well, we won't solve that problem here. I don't, you know, we'll, we'll when do, we get to hover cars, I don't want to yeah, talk. Well, to no, you. on the un, on the uncontrolled road podcast, the we'll, uncontrolled ride. Un, yeah, right. Un, um, uncontrolled track. How's that? Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Moving on here. Uh, 
So we had a chance. We sat around and drank a lot of coffee at AirVenture and talked and had brainstormed and and goofed off and had and and one of the things that came out of it was um, we, we talked about the idea of so a lot of podcasts and and you know various uh, uh, web con- you know network con- net contact digital content um, producers these days are as part of their offering doing the occasional video live stream where where the uh, where the participants of the whatever it is will get on a a, a literally a video video live stream sort of like a a, a zoom call but um, just with a handful of people and then most everybody just simply watching and uh, and you and I sort of decided that we we wanted to give this maybe give this a try or at least kind of you know run up the flagpole and see what happens. Yeah. And uh, those of you listening who are Patreon supporters know that we've had an interesting little conversation among the Patreon supporters uh, over the last couple of weeks about this because I think what we're going to do if we were to do this thing it would be a video live stream that would be live streamed exclusively to Patreon members. It would be one of the benefits of being a Patreon supporter. Um, and then the that the on-demand viewing of it, the later later replay, would be initially exclusive to Patreon people, and then eventually it would become available to others. Um, but uh, I just kind of mentioned it the, that that uh, we got some very good response. People seem to like the idea, and so chances are um, we're going to do an experimental video live stream at some point, um, maybe sooner rather than later. Jeb, I, I, I apologize, Jeb. We, we should have talked about this before we pushed for record. Um, but we should we should look at our calendars. We, we will. Yeah, and uh, the consensus I got from the Patreon conversation was that a weekday evening was maybe the best of. The, I, I would I would agree with. But that. A later later in the evening East Coast time, so that it would be somewhat evening for the West Coast folks. Sounded like it's going to be past my bedtime. It may be, um, and unfortunately uh, for our listeners who are in uh, in Europe and 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 south of the south of the border south of the equator um it's going to be a problematic thing one way or the other unfortunately um and uh, it was interesting so of all of the people who responded to the patreon conversation a surprising number of them were from australia and new zealand i mean like multiple of them it was really interesting um i've always known that we have some interesting listeners down there we hear from them from time to time um and uh um, but they also are uh, they're Patreon supporters and they are uh, uh, active Patreon. They 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 you know, spoke up when we asked a question. So that's great. Thank you to them. Thank you to everybody who uh, responded yeah, absolutely. on Patreon. Absolutely. So we're going to look at our calendars a little bit later on, and we're going to announce that sometime maybe in the next month-ish or so or something like that, um, that there will be a UCAP video live stream um, that will be available live to Patreon supporters um, and then later to everyone. Um, and uh, if that interests you, um, keep your ear open and uh, I'll, we'll let you know how you can take advantage, you know, be involved. And, and I think we're going to have, it's going to be, so it'll probably be streamed through YouTube 
if you've ever watched a YouTube live stream, um, Jeb and I's uh, handsome faces, probably along with another uh, one or two other guest hosts, um, will appear on your screen, and you'll be able to watch that. And then there will be a live chat, a text chat, so that everyone can uh, can be be talking to each other, and uh, and we'll keep an eye on that and take live questions about what people want us to talk about. That'll be probably the the initial format of the uh, UCAP video live stream. So stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeb, you heard the news. Um, we've solved the 100 low lead replacement problem. Uh, we now have a, uh, a, a low lead uh, fuel that can be used in basically the entire piston fleet. Um, and um, we're good to go. Problem solved. Oh, wait, no. Oh, yeah. Not There's exactly. A small detail. Not exactly. This is actually, all right, so I'm goofing around. This is turning into like a, a big mess. I mean, this has like always been a challenge. Now it's a mess. What the heck is going I, it's, on? It's, it's, uh, um. And by the way, if you read the news over the last certainly a couple weeks and maybe even a couple months all right there are there have been multiple news stories that suggested that what i basically what i just said was that the problem solved we've got a fuel and it's good to go as a matter of fact there was a story just the other day about how it's now available at long beach airport in in uh, near los angeles california um except it's not really i mean Right. There is a fuel available there. Um, it's so-called Swift fuel, or the what is it, ninety-four well, UL or ninety-five. Swift, Swift fuel is a perfectly legitimate fuel. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Um, it's it's approved. It works. There's no issues with Swift's ninety-four UL, except yeah. it doesn't have enough octane for a, a lot of the engines out there. Right. So, and it doesn't mix. Right. You can't. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure you cannot mix it with hundred low lead. Um, so Why? I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of school here. Uh, okay. Now, now you're going to make me do some more Google searching here. All right. Um, uh, uh, 90, was it 94 or 95? I keep, yeah, here. yes. Which? Yes. If your aircraft engine or airframe or rotorcraft is approved to use Swift fuels, UL 94, then you are fully allowed to intermix UL 94 with 100 low lead in any ratio. All right. That, that's according to Centennial Airport. Swift Fuel says the same thing. Commingling 100 low lead and UL 94 unleaded abgas in the wing tank of an aircraft. Wing tank, okay. Uh, is 100% safe as long as the aircraft and engine are approved for the use of UL 94. Well, then I stand corrected. My apologies. Um, no, no, nevertheless, no. the yeah. problem that you is set, mentioned is still pretty significant, and that is that uh, a lot of airplanes um, can't run on only 94 octane. That's, that's correct. 94 octane, yeah. The, the, the rule of thumb is 30% of the piston engines out there uh, burn 70% of the 100 low lead and require it, uh, and versus 70% of the aircraft out there um, don't have to have 100 octane but they only burn 30 percent of it right makes sense um now and as my understanding is that 94 ul is also an stc situation is that correct i think Uh, i I closed that tab um i'm relative see i was certain i'm sorry it is it is stc yes so so you've got again stc but that's i don't know how hard it is to get that stc but uh if you got a live credit card probably get one right now yeah so anyways um but the real gotcha, I mean, I, and my, my, my bad, uh, I misunderstood one aspect of this, but the yeah, part that is, is accurate is that 
there's not nearly the entire fleet can use UL ninety four, and and that's the problem. Um, whereas whereas the GAMI, um, uh, the G one hundred fuel um, is uh, G one hundred fuel is G one hundred UL UL um, is uh, uh, I'm trying to come up with a less a name for it that's less of a mouthful G one hundred UL fuels. Anyways, yeah, it's uh, you know. It can be used in the entire, basically the entire fleet, piston fleet, um, STC, um, but uh, mix the fuel for sure. Um, anyways. Yeah, it's approved. G100UL is approved for every piston engine in the FAA's type certificate database. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every airframe so. for that matter. So I don't know if this is like a, a, a I, it feels like there's some... Well, there's some friction. There's two things going on. Yeah. Um, the uh, powers that be don't want Gammy to have any market share, or certainly not a monopoly. Um, and they're doing the tap dance to, you know, re- reinvigorate PAFI. The the uh, I forget what PAFI stands for. Um, fuels in some uh, fuel fuels initiative, initiative, some yeah, aviation from fuel initiative, like something 2012, yeah. 2013, yeah. and it fell on its face in 2017 or 18. And uh, the FAA didn't really do much of anything uh, in the intervening period between, say, now and a little over a year ago. Um, well, two years ago. Um, didn't really do anything except stall and and, uh, and shunt aside uh, the GAMI. Uh, process and change it and, and keep keep moving the goalposts. Um, that and uh, again, you know, you're starting to to pick away at some market share that some deep pockets have, and so they convinced the agency and the industry to go out and uh, let's study this again. Yeah, it's a classic delaying tactic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're you know, I mean, I think we're on the record as being kind of fans of the GAMI solution um, and and the people behind it. But uh, so maybe that's our bias. But it just... well, there's certainly some selection bias going on on, on, on our side of the microphone. Um, that said, there is a fuel out there. It is approved. It is disingenuous for others to point and say, "Well, again, we're moving the goalposts, and we need this, not that." Yeah. In the in the way of approval and. Uh, um, it, it's it's capitalism at its finest. Yeah, but and so sadly, um, the G one hundred UL is not being pumped anywhere yet. Um, we we were hop we were hopeful that there would be an announcement at, at Air Venture, and I don't believe there was. Um, I don't and, believe there was either. You know, um, um, I, I was actually yeah. got a little excited when I saw the story yeah. that you put on the list, thinking, "Oh, this might be it. This is the first California airport." But it turns out it wasn't. The, yeah, the, well, that the, was kind of why I put it on the list for yeah. the shock value and the headline right. value, and, and yeah. uh, I'm glad so, we aired out that you know it was a slightly misleading headline. Yeah. Um, that said. Um, I'm not aware of um, G100UL being dispensed either at this point. Um, you know, we had we had George George Brawley from Gammy on a couple of months ago and talked about this, and, and uh, he's basically in the in the position of waiting for the market to come around and, and demand this fuel. Yeah, and it's, one twist, of course, is that California. Um, and EPA, well, let me, let me back up. Three airports in, was it Marin County? 
Santa Clara County. I Santa Clara County. Yeah. Um, are, are on the bubble for having for having no fuel at all if they can't come up with an unleaded um, right. alternative. Right. If 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 they haven't already banned one hundred low lead from those airports. Yeah. Okay. And and there's some weird California court order thing well, there's, floating there's around. A, there's it's, an EPA thing going on. Uh, relative to the endangerment finding. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what the timing is on that. But is that the one that says that once there's a reasonable alternative? Oh, that's California. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's California. That, yeah. that once a re- in California, I knew it was California. That once once a reasonable alternative exists, the airports must cease pumping hundred low lead. Yeah, um, which is really unpractical, un- un- impractical. Um, well, not practical. certainly unprecedented. Yeah, um, it's impractical. Um. As the uh, infrastructure now exists, um, when that will change, whether it will change, is anybody's guess. Yeah, I so, don't think right now. Yeah. Um, and and the whole industry—I'll call it Eagle—that's the, that's the acronym they use. That whole effort uh, is kind of just delaying um, the inevitable. I would think for those airports um, because they're injecting uncertainty into this process. Yeah. Well. In the flip side of which is, um, can there be um, uh, more than one uh, unleaded hundred octane fuel out there? I don't know. Yeah. That will that will the I, I don't know if the market will support it. I don't know what the approval processes will be. Maybe we could bifurcate. You know, you want to buy fuel east of the Mississippi? Uh, um, do you get one? one uh, formulation that's one STC you want to buy it uh, the west of the Mississippi it's a whole different process yeah it's I don't know yeah. I just I just work here so close yet so far away yeah it's really yeah yeah um, um I don't know it's disappointing on one level it's uh, um maybe to be expected uh, on another level yeah all right uh I don't know if this is finally or not but this is the last thing on our little list um, and this is a little, so this is, a, it's, I don't know if this is an off-field landing either, because they kind of crashed in the water. Um, uh, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. Well, that's I, not a field. Yeah, okay. But, well, my question is, did were they just trying to do an off-field land? Were they trying to land, and this is the result, which is... I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't know any of the details about this, but it sounds like a banner towing operation. Yeah, but were they, they were trying to set it down, and they it just ended up setting it down on the water. So anyways, it's uh, uh, Hampton Beach, Hampton, New Hampshire. Uh, um, the headline is Hampton Beach brought to a standstill. I love this headline. What, was, what am I reading here? Oh, this is WCVB. This is uh, the ABC uh, news uh, station in Boston. Uh, brought, uh, Hampton Beach brought to standstill after plane crashes into sea off New Hampshire coast. Um, so apparently this aircraft that, uh, it's, this now, is mostly a video and I don't want to listen to it because I, I don't, don't want to, yeah, same um, here. Now, I have, a, I have a question. Yes. What was actually going on at Hampton beach that was brought to a standstill? You, you, you have see. Okay. I don't know how it is in Florida. Um, these beaches and Hampton beach is definitely one of them in, you know, new England here are, are shoulder to shoulder packed with people on a on a uh, warm afternoon. I don't know what day of the week this happened, but uh, if it was a weekend day, um, there was 
a deep, deep crowd of people there. Um, and in fact, one of the head, one of the stories we read talked about, uh, uh, it, this is the, the, the tiny little text synopsis, synopsis here says, uh, the pilot was able to swim out from the cockpit while lifeguards and beachgoers dragged the aircraft to shore from the ocean, which I just think is a great life. There's an image there that Don't I just love. Don't let it get away. Yeah, it's a right. big one, Marge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get a uh, rope on it. Quick. Yeah. So, uh, um, it apparently not. I mean, and the picture I'm looking at, the still, well, the, the the still frame from the video that I haven't pressed play on, um, seems to show it not, you know, thirty maybe forty feet offshore from the from the surf, you know, where the, the, basically the edge of the sand. Um, so, looks like a little fin sticking up there behind it too. Yeah, well, you know, I was gonna. That was the. Jo- I was working on that joke. Uh, so that, there's another, another. Dun, dun. There's another dun, category dun. of news stories that have been dun, hot dun. up here this summer, and that has to do with great white sharks. Apparently, the the t- change in the ocean temperature has resulted in great white sharks being much more prevalent around New England beaches than dun, they've dun. ever been. Dun, and dun. so, yeah, dun, yeah, dun. absolutely. Um, uh, congratulations, to this pilot, for uh, managing to get uh, on, the, swimming on, the, away. on the ground. Um, any 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 landing you can swim splash away? of the week. Yeah, any landing you can swim away from. Um, and uh, yeah, but it was Hampton. That's why I, main reason I mentioned yeah. is because it was my in my neighborhood here. Uh, Hampton is the town that we, you and I had that where that airport that we had yes. breakfast. Yes, at was they have a beach there. They, they do. Hampton, New Hampshire, is a very, very Coney Hampton Island. Place. I mean, Hampton in its in its day, I mean, they've all kind of faded now. Um, in its day, it was a huge amusement park kind of beach with roller coasters and the whole thing. It's still pretty pretty active with a with a uh, you know a boardwalk and all kinds of food stands and and you know pinball machines and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, Hampton Beach is a very very popular um, destination for summer beach going in New England. Yeah, I yeah. What? I'm a child of the, the South and Mid Atlantic, and New England beach going is a non sequitur. <laughs> okay, um, I see, Mag. I grew up with you know when I was a kid, my parents um, created Lookout Point, which was a a uh, private summer home on a lake, and so that's where we went in the summer. Yeah. We didn't do the, be- the 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 ocean beach. We did our 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 own, you know you know, private beach, if you will. Um, and so I don't have a lot of direct, you know, I just know it from growing up here and a lot of people, this was, this is how they went and escaped the summer heat was going, going to Hampton beach and Revere beach and, and, and York main beach. And, uh, there's all the, there's a handful of these big, you know, sort of amusement park or they were in the day amusement park beaches all up and down the coast of New water England. parks. What's that? Water park. Well now this, yeah, well, that's a whole different thing now, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. What else? Is there anything? So that's everything I moved up on the list. Is there anything in the remaining part of this list that uh, we shouldn't skip? Um, Next episode is going to be a fun episode. Uh, It's going to be the... it will be our birthday episode. Um, I keep... For some reason, I'm unable to do the arithmetic. Hang on. Let's just get cake. We should get cake. We absolutely should get cake. So this is 2023... And we All started year. in what, 2006? Yeah. So this will be our 17th, 17th birthday. 
Yeah. And uh, and when yeah. we record next week, that will be the birthday week. Um, and uh, and we're hoping that Amy will join us. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain Amy's going to join. We're we, Amy's got some other personal stuff planned next week, and we're going to work around Amy's schedule so that Amy can yeah. be with us next yeah. week. Um, and that will be our our seventeenth uh, birthday, beginning of year eight of of the eighteenth season of uncontrolled airspace. Um, but that'll be. We'll just be old enough to have a private pilot's license. Almost, yeah, that's right. That's right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, what else here? Anything else on this list we want to talk about here? Uh, we got, uh, you know, we got um, some sad stories that I just didn't even want to go into. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, an interesting video about well, how would you could you survive a crash in the desert? Um, and uh, there's not much to talk about there, but it is an interesting video. Right to uh to give a watch to well i guess i'll put it in the show notes even if we don't talk about it yeah but, uh, well real quick i mean yeah go ahead just not just not desert um um we some of us have been known to fly around in the winter in new england in the shorts yeah yeah and um uh, go ahead i know you're absolutely right i i think I, and I've, so, i think i've talked about this is that a, an, an instructor you know kind of clued me in on this and it, it makes total sense but it, it wasn't in my mind i was getting ready to go flying um out of sanford maine in a, a cold day a winter day um and of course i was out on the on the ramp pre-flighting the airplane wearing my heavy winter jacket all right and and i i considered changing out of my heavy winter jacket into a lighter jacket before getting into the airplane and my instructor said hang on wait think about this all right you this will be inconvenient for you to have this big poofy jacket in the airplane but what if you go down uh, uh you land out on some snowy field someplace you know you that's survival equipment and uh yeah so i don't know if and that's he, what you were getting at but that's basically yeah what i was Trying to get at those a simple saying: dress for the environment you're flying over. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Good. Yeah, okay. A good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know, um, in winter, especially in the winter time, uh, but you know, think about bush operations and and uh, uh, you should have equipment to handle all these all these challenges. Uh, I don't always, but I do have because I live in Florida. I've got a couple of inflatable life preservers, life vests. Um, Pull, pull the handle and they they blow up and yep. um there's a, a strobe light on one of them so you know I, they can find me in the dark and yada yada um but uh there's an old old book uh self-help book called dress for success mm-hmm. and uh the same thing kind of applies to flying in general aviation airplanes you want to dress for the the terrain you're gonna be flying over that's good. That's a good way of putting it. Good way, for it. Good way of thinking of it. Yeah. So, uh, is that it? Fork time. I guess fork time. Fork time. Thank you, Jeb. It's always fun getting together. I appreciate it. And uh, um, next next episode, birthday episode uh, with Amy, and uh, that'll that'll be fun. We'll uh, catch up on some some uh, some uh, old stories about the podcast, uh, and uh, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, that's Jeb, Jeb Burnside. Jeb, you're a uh, freelance aviation writer. We should change. We should, I don't know. This is all still true, though. This is you. This, this is, is all true. Yeah, right. A freelance aviation writer and editor. You're the, you're the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. With, the, without any ambition whatsoever. With the magazine that has. <laughs> so it's cool. yeah, everything we said 10 years ago is still true. <laughs> the magazine that has all those cool little stories in the back that uh, that uh, that Jim's wife likes to read. Yes. Um, you're also a frequent contributor to other aviation publications. Um, 
people can find your work online at aviationsafetymagazine.com, also on avweb.com, uh, aea.net, uh, among other places. On social media, uh, you are Burnside J on on the, the website formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I got to rewrite some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, Aviation Safety Magazine is uh, on the on the website formerly known as Twitter is Av Safety Mag. On Mastodon, you are Burnside J at mytransponder.com. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online most most places with the all one word username Jack Hodgson. I'm on on formerly Twitter. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Patreon. Uh, I'm on, on on Mastodon. I am uh, Jack Hodgson at Mastodon.com. I recently got on uh, Blue Sky, which is, this is kind of becoming a, a, a thing these days. There are way too many Twitter replacements yes. now. Yes. Um, but one that I wanted to try out is is Blue Sky, and I'm, I'm Jack Hodgson on Blue Sky, if anybody wants to try and follow me there. That's um, the one you've got there's a wait list for, I think. I there is a wait list, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. eventually I'll be able to give you an invite. They haven't op- given me the opportunity to invite people yet. but uh, um, So, um, yeah, find me on all these places. Uh, almost always find me by just my first name and last name bumped together, Jack Hodgson. Um, you can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Book section um and uh yeah there's that i want to thank everybody uh for taking the time to listen uh you can follow ucap in the fediverse um on mastodon at uncontrolled airspace at mytransponder.com uh, also if possible please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace or you can make a paypal tip jar donation care of the email address podcast at uncontrolled airspace.com and just a little bit of money 10 or 15 dollars over the whole over a whole year is a big big help to us we really appreciate it um, we also love to hear from you you can uh, use the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com to send us email we want to hear about that 767 slide thing fill us in let us know how that works um, and uh, send us all of your questions and comments and feedback and and you know whatever we, we really do enjoy that and uh, we almost always talk about it on the podcast so that's that hey jeb uh, any words of wisdom for us today just remember the only time you have too much fuel is when you're on fire Okay. Well, that's up. All right. Uh, well, uh, okay, wayward aviators. Uh, that's enough talking. Let's go flying.